Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your once-a-week podcast covering the Ninja Turtle comics one issue at a time. Sean, how have you been this week? I went from watching The Mandalorian to watching Narcos because he's in both of them. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so it's a, a Netflix series about drug cartels that Pedro Pascal is on as a DEA agent. And I, there's something there. If you put Baby Yoda in there, I, I, I think that would be a show. <laughs> okay. What if you put Ninja Turtles in it? It would be interesting. I, I think Ninja <laughs> Turtles, because they work in anything. Yeah, you know what? Put Ninja Turtles in every show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't object. So today, today we are here to talk about some Ninja Turtles. We're going to be talking about Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number two. Uh, story called Nobody's Fool. It was written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Leard, with art by Ryan Brown and Jim Lawson. Letters by Steve Levine. Our boy's back for a little bit. Oh, good. And it came out in July of 1987, one month after issue 11. Wow. So Jim Lawson did art on issues nine, on issue nine, sorry, uh, which was the pre-Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue. So if his art style was looking familiar, that's where we've seen him on the show before. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, Lawson's work on the book. Yeah, I I mean, he draws the turtles a little square for me. You know I'm very picky about how I like them to look. Overall, I liked it. It's a good issue. I mean, I'm, the, the art's not a hill I'm going to die on or anything. So let's move on to the cover. So that is the strongest skylight ever on the cover because he clearly, based off the cape, landed there so either he doesn't have the strength to break through it or it's the best skylight ever made and at i just noticed this now i thought in the window behind him it looked like morbius from spider-man but it's just a plant yeah my note was similar it's funny that you just noticed that because i wrote that i think this is the weakest of the seven tail tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtle covers the scale is really weird and in right below it i wrote the skylight looks weird with the guy on it like it it's like the scale is all off yeah we'll get to it there, there's a panel in the book that i think would have made a better cover but what i do like about this cover is that Michelangelo is the only one reacting as if it's a we'll put it in later thing because he looks like he's a placeholder on the cover it's an unusual cover I, I don't I don't know I think out of all the tales covers we're gonna do this is the weakest one it's it's just there's something about it that's just very generic you know yeah now that I'm looking at it too nobody like his proportions are weird like his actual body proportions he's almost got like the casey jones captain america thing going and i don't know it looks like he's a torso with legs popping out like there's there's nothing there i don't know it's just very weird looking let's dive into the story let's tell you a tale so one thing that's interesting about this issue to me is that the like a lot of turtles comics there's a 2003 cart there's an episode of the 2003 cartoon show that's based around this issue and i actually think 
the episode does the story a little better. I could see that. I really need to get around to watching that series, but I, I, I can see it. It's really good. I feel like the animation is a little generic at times. Like it looks very much like everything else that was on Fox Kids, like around the same time, like very like Jackie Chan adventures or. Um, it always know. reminded me of the Men in Black series. I don't know why. Yeah, they all just kind of had that same look. But other other than that, it's it. They do a lot of retelling of actual comics, so that it's really cool for doing that. And like through, throughout this story, I'll I'll talk about why uh, I think they did it better on the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I'd but, like to know that actually because I need to get around to it. But I do like this. Let me tell you a story page. I think it's one of the better ones in the whole series. Yeah, I just love the idea of it, like a Twilight Zone type thing, how each of these issues starts with someone like, let me tell you a story, and it's like they're going to walk us through. I think this is one of the only ones, too, where it's distinctly one of the turtles. Like, you know this is Leonardo, yeah. and I, I feel yeah. like most of the time it's I just I kind of turtle. always assume it's Leonardo, but maybe that's just me assuming. I go by whatever the story is. So the story starts, we're at the Jones family farm and the turtles are watching some television. Uh, Donatello's worrying that they're all turning into couch potatoes. When, and then they do this like weird little sight gag where like the two turtles actually turn into couch potatoes, like actual potatoes, which is interesting because they don't, it felt out of place in this book especially because the whole rest of the issue, nothing like that is done. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I get they were like, trying in the, something different. In the Time different. Traveler trilogy, they did weird stuff like that in every panel. But yeah. this book is done more like a serious like comic, and, and it's just really a weirdly out-of-place panel. It feels more out-of-place to me because before it, you have... You know, I'm, I'm assuming it's intentional, but the news panels like Frank Miller does. Mm -hmm. So... To me, that sets the tone. So to have that kind of be, oh, here they are as potatoes. It, it is very odd. You know what they look like? Do you remember that uh, hot potato toy when we were yes. kids where you'd, you'd play hot, you'd pass it around? They, they look like those potatoes. Also, their feet are normal as potatoes. I don't know why. <laughs> so Leonardo suggests that they head over to Springfield because Springfield's a city. <laughs> they're, they're like missing New York, I guess. And, and... I don't know. The real Springfield is not like it is in this comic. It's like they basically make it New York City. Uh, but he, he says that's where they can do, you know, ninja stuff and not be couch potatoes. It's refreshing to see them back in the city, honestly. Yeah. And that's one area where we'll, we'll start. I'll, I'll mix it in here. So that's one area where the cartoon is a better version of this is obviously in the cartoon this is just in New York City the story like like it doesn't happen while they're in Northampton or anything so check one for improvement <laughs> if, if uh, you've been uh, keeping track of my favorite panels up to this point I don't know why but kudos to whoever's doing that the the panel at the bottom of the page where Leo's saying gunfire that's just one of my favorite panels in the books like I just love how it looks when he hears the gunfire yeah, when he just says gunfire and it's him and Donnie and then one of them in shadow. It, it's just, I don't know. It's That is the stuff in the Mirage books that I don't feel like you ever see again. It's just that gritty, 
you know even if though it's at a just a white background it just it tells so much in one panel i just i love those images and i think they really define this era of turtles and i think as we go we're not going to see instances of this i I think it'll be mixed in well we can pay attention so they hear some gunshots like sean sean's saying and then they want to track down where these gunshots came from and they find this moon knight looking character who's been shot in the arm Uh, and we get our first appearance of nobody that's that's his name who looks considerably better in the book than on the cover though he gave me more a spawn vibe but i i I could see the moon knight thing he's he's got very heavy batman vibes in the cartoon episode and one thing i'll give it a point for is it's very specifically like drawing from batman the animated series like they give him the same like white uh not triangle but like those same white uh weird because i feel like they have four sides in the eyes right no, maybe yeah. it is a triangle. It's it's like a diamond shape that they give his eye. But anyway, it's it's the exact same eyes as Batman the Animated Series. And they do this music that's clearly an homage to the dun-dun-dun-dun, like Oh, Batman the Danny the Elfman series. stuff. So they're definitely just like like doing that <laughs> in 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 the cartoon episode for this. So so that I th- I thought that was really and that, not that that's something they could do in the comic book here, but I, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was interesting he's a cop. Yeah, I think he's very interesting. And it, it's weird that he's like a third tier Ninja Turtle character. Like, he's not really in a lot. In fact, the IDW books do, they pretty much only use the name for the character. It has nothing in common with this. All right. That's something that I haven't got to that point in those books. But all right, that's something to look forward to because it was another character I liked and was like, eh, kind of surprised they didn't do more with it. Yeah, it, it's... um. One of the purple dragons, I don't know how far you are into the book, but she becomes nobody using uh, technology of, uh, I can't think of his name, Donatello's scientist friend. Way more high tech than, than what we have here, and, and it's it's basically a completely different character. She's not a cop. <laughs> um, so let's talk, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves with IDW. Let, let me focus on, I guess, this here is, he's, so this, this nobody that we're talking about today is a cop. And again, something I think they did better on the cartoon is they kind of give him more of, I think they give him a better backstory in the cartoon. So here you just kind of know that he's a cop and he's a vigilante fighting crime, right? We don't really get much more than that. Like you said, he's kind of third tier where it's, oh, well, who is this character? Uh, He's nobody. Oh, all right. I see what you did there. And then they don't really go further than that with it. But I mean, for the issue, it works. But I find it interesting that at this point, Raph is the only one suspicious of him, even though he's well, already. Don't, don't get too don't get too far ahead of me, Sean. I'm just, I was just asking if that was uh, that's all we know about him, right? It, it, like they don't expand too much on on him being a cop, right? But right when they meet him, Raph is already questioning if they can trust him. And I oh, think I it's I think it's funny because at this point in the book he's already teamed up with Casey. Yeah, that is. <laughs> and the, that is kind of uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it he's the only one who brings up an objection to this. So I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like capes. Well, this guy did kind of give me Casey vibes, though. Yeah, yeah. He's I don't like know. Casey if Casey had a career. Yeah, he, he's. <laughs> 
9 to 5 during the day, Casey. I wonder if they intended to make the Casey in the Michael Bay movies a combination of nobody and Casey because you know how he's a cop in, in that movie? That's probably a cool It still would have been bad, but it probably would have been better if he was nobody. But anyway, the, the cartoon improves on the story because uh, what I'm getting at is basically here, that's all you get is this guy's a cop because when, when Raphael doesn't trust him, he shows him his badge and says, I'm yeah. a cop, you can trust me, basically. So that's all we kind of get is this. We know this guy likes fighting crime so much that he's a cop during the day and a vigilante at night. In the cartoon episode, you get more of a detailed backstory to him. So he was working on uh, this this bust. It, it, it's the same thing as here where they're dealing weapons. But I can't remember how the person was important, but he was very influential. And basically, he has the cop reassigned to like a desk job so that he can't investigate them any further so that's what makes him become a vigilante like okay if i can't do it during my cop hours i'm gonna do it off my cop hours and be a vigilante i thought that was a, a much cooler take on the character no i agree i mean like i said he he's almost just a story device in this issue but mm -hmm. again i i'm kind of surprised they haven't used him nearly as much and uh the the first panel you see of him swinging in with the turtles that's the one I think that should have been the cover. Oh, absolutely. And we'll post that on our Twitter and our Instagram and, and all our things. So follow us at TMNT Nerds on both so that you can see all the visual things we talk about on the podcast. So nobody, he asks the turtles to follow this truck that he was stalking uh, because he's, you know, hurt with the gunshot. So he's got to go treat that. The turtles, again, wonder more if they can trust him. They hop onto the roof of the truck and they ride it to the parking lot of the BFR trucking lot. Again, they, they get the speed of the truck. like It's very kinetic. So it's just more of that art I love. And then the next thing they do is the, the turtles are waiting for nobody at the bridge. And basically they agreed to, to meet him there. And um, it's like this weird transition because... I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like riding on the truck did anything. Like, they already knew where it was going. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense for that. And it's a weird transition because they go from on top of the truck in the parking lot of BFR. And then the next panel, they're on a building overlooking a bridge, which, I mean, it's obviously nowhere near where they were. And nobody overheard them saying where they were going, so I don't know. It's yeah, weird. like they never. I guess it's just missing a panel of him being like, "Hey, meet me near this bridge once you figure out where the truck's going." So later that night, Leo meets with nobody, and the other turtles are hidden but nearby. Nobody tells Leo that he's been investigating this uh, salvage company in town because he thought it was suspicious that he couldn't find out who owned the business. And he was uh, searching the business when he was shot, and that pretty much brings us up to speed for what he was doing. So they learned that BFR Trucking's main client was Ruffington Arms, a munitions company that's got like a lot of big government contracts. And he tracked the same truck driving back and forth from BFR to Ruffington Arms. And now he's they trying to find like... out. What's that? 
Ruffington Arms sounds like all they do is make Nerf darts. <laughs> well, another cool thing, again, back to the cartoon. Another cool thing about the cartoon episode is in that they are selling Triceraton weapons. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like Spider-Man Home... Uh, was it Homecoming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah home, it's kind of like in Homecoming when they've got the the like Avenger tech uh, that they're selling. So... The, again, the cartoon episode that this is based on is, I think, a, a little bit better. So anyway, they sneak into the salvage company and they see some some big boxes through a skylight and Leonardo uses his grappling hook to, to, to snag it and lift it up onto the roof. Raph pops it open and they find these big guns and nobody starts talking about how crazy advanced this, this gun is. Could have been a Triceraton weapon. Should have been. Um, and then I love this. I, he says he needs to get to a phone because it's yep. 1987. <laughs> I need to get to a phone. Then two large limos show up and uh, the workers start hauling off the boxes of the, the big guns onto a barge. And they say that things are moving too fast and they need to stop the guns from leaving. The, the turtles and, and nobody say that. So... The turtles drop in on the security guards while nobody spots a helicopter. Uh, he thinks it's a police helicopter, so he signals to it. And then he notices it's an unmarked helicopter. I'm saying helicopter a lot. Uh, it lands on the barge uh, to fly the weapons out. Meanwhile, the turtles, they've just finished off like the last of the guards and the, the people in the limos. And uh, nobody loads that. BFG <laughs> that they found earlier <laughs> and uh, he fires it at the helicopter and misses so the helicopter takes off uh, nobody fires a second shot I mean you know the character nobody <laughs> fires Does a second shot is fired <laughs> um, this time sending the helicopter into the river the police show up they bust the illegal arms dealers the turtles watch from the safety of the shadows and the rooftops so Splinter would be proud. Uh, they're, they're kind of upset that their new friend didn't even say thanks. And Leonardo names him Nobody since he never gave his name. So we see Nobody standing alone uh, in the shadows far away from the turtles like Catwoman at the end of Batman Returns. And uh, the turtles take off. Nobody says thanks, guys. Uh, but they can't hear him, so I don't know why he says that. <laughs> yeah, it's a very odd ending panel. It's uh, in the cartoon episode. It's that's where it's clearest that they're making nobody like Batman from Batman the Animated Series. Like it's a total Batman ending uh, with him up on the roof, and it looks exactly like him on the roof in the intro. Oh, of the all show. right, yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff in this book. I didn't realize that. One of the things turtle action sequences sorely needed were forklifts because <laughs> the kicking the guy off the forklift panel is awesome. And I think my favorite part in this entire book is when they drive the forklift through the limo and they almost like cut the guy in half who's inside. And then the, I think my favorite panel of nobody is him when he's got the gun and he's trying to load it and it says fumble fumble. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, 
did you just start doing this superhero thing like the day? Or <laughs> like it makes I me wonder so. what he does at the because uh... remember when it brings us up to speed, he's basically just like, well, I noticed there was this company being suspicious, and then I got shot. <laughs> like that, like that. That was his full extent of his superheroing. It also makes me question what he does at the police station. Like, is he a cop or is he just like the janitor? Because I feel like he should know how to load the gun. In the cartoon, he was a detective. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's just a generic cop here. Um, so, I, I don't I know. Th I think the most Batman part in this whole thing is earlier when he's talking to the turtles. And Leo says, I didn't get your name. And he jumps off the roof and I didn't say it. <laughs> like that's all I could hear was Christian Bale we have to give them some credit though they restrained themselves because this very easily could have had another car chase in it and lord knows we've had a lot of car chases in Mirage Turtles yes they, they didn't do that and again an another instance where nobody's just like oh four giant turtles whatever so guys gun smuggling <laughs> so yeah, they I, accept I, the he he accepts the mutant turtles right away. <laughs> Doesn't even like, question it. There's no question. Raph's the only one like, whoa, the dude's got a cape, man. It's like you hang out with a dude who carries sports equipment in a golf bag. Like, <laughs> this is what you're worried about. But no, I I think it's a really good issue, and I'm kind of again like the last one surprised. It's just not a mainline book. Yeah, I feel that way about all the Tales issues. Like, I kind of feel like they got them backwards. Like, the Tales stories should have been the mainline book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And all of the stuff that's, like, mostly about third-party characters that the, the guest era were introducing, those should have been Tales. It should have been like, hey, here's a story that, that kind of involves the Turtles. <laughs> but it's it's more of a, a, a tale. You know what I mean? These are all stories specifically about the turtles. It should have been the main book. And this one especially, too, I feel like now that you've kind of delved into the episode of the series, how they did it, you could have had it be that they were dealing with the, you know, Triceraton, um, Utrum yeah, weapons. Yeah, that's been done at this point. They were, what did I say at the beginning? It came out after issue 11? So they're yeah. already back from that whole Triceraton adventure at this point. But I almost feel like you could have brought the Foot Clan in as the buyers. And then that would have yeah, been, that a, been really a little cool. like... They weren't doing oh, that wait. in the cartoon, but that would have been cool. Like, why, why are they here? Didn't we defeat them? Because again, if you've been listening to the mainline book, like you kind of go from Worm Shredder defeats us, Northampton, oh, we're back. And then and it's I, just random stories. And I feel like that's almost a weakness of how they're doing these stories right now is that they all kind of have to be self-contained. So it's like they can't set too much up. You know what I mean? Like it would be really cool for the Foot Clan to be the ones buying the, the Triceraton weapons. But that's more of something that would fit into an overall arcing storyline that the book just doesn't have. So it's almost like you're limited with how many of those cool things you can do when you want every story to be self-contained. 
And I feel like the overall continuity suffers for that. I agree, but it, it's also, as we've brought up, an interesting look into Mirage as far as... Because the first one of these was, what, after issue four? So they've had four issues happen since the last Tales, which is interesting. It's kind of like they're learning the business as it's going. Yeah, because, like, you know, every, their books are all late, basically. <laughs> That's what every... Every letter Peter is writing to the fans at the beginning is basically explaining why a book is late. Yeah, overall, I think it's a solid issue. I Nobody definitely has a lot more there that I'm glad to hear that at least IDW, you know, does something with. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you might even be there. Maybe you just didn't notice the character yet, but I could be remembering wrong. Because I, I feel like by issue, like, 50, she's there. I don't know. I, I, could be I give them one. credit, too, with the story of not revealing, like, nobody. Like, even that yeah, last panel. they didn't panel. try to make it, like, a big thing about who he is. And, in fact, he doesn't really show up much in the franchise anyway. So The, the one weird thing that stuck out to me through this whole issue, and I wanted to wait till we kind of get through, is... They're really like drawing his ass. <laughs> I was I was thinking about whether or not I should mention that, but yeah, he's that's um he's he's got some skin tight uh clothing on for sure. He's got you know what? If part of him is Moon Knight and part of him is Spawn, he's got like the the long flowing Spawn cape. He's got the darkness and the shadowiness of Moon Knight. And he's got the ass of Spider-Man. <laughs> and that, when put into a blender, is nobody. I mean, I was going to say, you know, you have America's ass. This is Mirage's ass. <laughs> but it just, it, it just stuck out to me that I was like, oh, hey, he snuck up on the turtles. And why do we have this weird image of just his caboose? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly feel like, like I said at the top of this, I think this is one of the weaker of the Tales books, but it's it's still great, but it's just, um, there's just something about it that just feels a little bit like, I don't know, like there, there should be more to the story, and I feel like just changing one little thing, like if it were Triceraton weapons, or if they were selling to the foot, or just like, just something. Like it's it's missing, I feel like it's missing like one element that would make it, that would take it from average to amazing. Would it be that nobody basically just gets shot, talks, <laughs> and then fires a weapon twice? Yeah, because literally that's what happens. And the, the whole issue is like, okay, I haven't done a summary in a while. Let's, let's, let's summarize. So the turtles meet this costumed guy named nobody who just got shot he's like hey i got shot trying to follow that truck can you find out where it's going so they find out where it's going he's like yeah i knew it was going there um <laughs> and he's like let's meet tonight so they meet tonight uh to to see if they're selling the weapons that he thinks they're selling turns out they are he finds the weapon uh sees a helicopter landing shoots at it misses shoots at it again hits it while the turtles fight all of the guards and that's the story 
I mean, admittedly, it would have been funny if they opened the crates and it was the My Little Alien dolls from the Mikey one shot. Oh but... my god, that would have been so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want that. See, like, there's. It feels like there's just one thing. Like, it, any of these things would have would have elevated this story. It was just like slightly off. I wonder if it was if this was a rushed issue. It might have been because. That's part of what the cover gives me is a rushed feeling. But it's got a lot of great detail in the artwork, though, too. So, I don't know. Who knows what was going on over at that Mirage studio. I like that most of the time in this issue, you can, more often than in some of the other issues, you can tell the turtles apart. Like, they, they really are making it a point to show, like, which, which turtle it is, like, what weapon they're using. One of the other panels I really like, just the way the page is built, is when they're going up the building. Mm-hmm. And then it's like each panel is a different part of them crossing the roof. And I don't know. I Apparently I'm a composition nerd. That That's something I've learned from this podcast. <laughs> did you see the pinup page? I did. I did. I, I Again, that's something I wish they still did in comics. It's a very lumpy turtle. We'll post that on our Instagram and Twitter. Oh, Mikey still has his cat. Yes. Yep. So there's Clunker. some continuity. He uh, he showed up. You think NECA would make a lot of money if they made action figures of the couch potato turtles? <laughs> That's so, be it's so weird and out of place. It would be like it would be like if they did an Into the Spider Verse gag during a Batman the Animated Series episode. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like, like it's that out of place in this issue. I like that at the beginning of the issue, um, this is Leonardo, I think. He's wearing a trucker hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love their relaxing. It's very, <laughs> I don't know, it's just funny. Michelangelo has 3D glasses on for some reason, even though they're not watching a 3D movie. Because he's in Biff's gang later. Yeah, that was a thing they wanted to do in the... 80s i don't think anyone actually did wear them as like a fashion thing but there's multiple things that act like it was a thing i think revenge of the nerds did it too was that that was the 80s too right yeah 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 they they, hollywood wanted to pretend people were doing that in the 80s but i don't think anyone actually was you know what hit us up on one of our many many formats if you were that guy so you can find us to do that on twitter at tmnt nerds you can find us on instagram at tmnt nerds if you want to write us a email like they did in the olden days (laughs) uh, you can write that um uh, tmnt nerds at gmail.com and that is pretty much everything i have to say about this issue what about you sean i mean yeah this is a fun little diversion before we jump back into the main line and i I think you're gonna find that you know these kind of are all over the place i I don't know if any of them are bad but (laughs) it's it's definitely uh, a quality jump each time so yeah join us next time for number three and see if you know we're we're up or staying parallel or have dropped to the depths of comic hell I think three is an improvement. So yeah, definitely tune in next week and we'll be talking about Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number three. Turtles in time.